Hello everyone and welcome to a special on location recording of the podcast. We are here in the incredible courthouse at the Albert County Museum. I'm Jenna Morton and I'm Tosh Taylor and we are going to tell you the story today of something that we've actually been wanting to get down here and tell you the story of for a long time. Jenna and I, you guys know by now that we are obsessed with the history of New Brunswick and we have got ourselves in this courthouse today with the executive director who knows so much information about Albert County but we're just going to stick today to the museum and what you can we, see. We only have so much time. Really? Exactly, exactly. So we're going to welcome Janet Clouston to the show today. Janet, thanks for joining us. Well, thank you for having me on today and for, for joining us in this incredible building uh, and, and for coming all the way out to Hopewell Cape. <laughs> Uh, to do your far, to do your show today. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know there are people who think that. Yes. Come on. It's not far, <laughs> and it's a beautiful drive. And once you get in here, and if you could see like what we can see right out the front door right now, the absolutely gorgeous Petakodiak River. It's stunning. Everything about this building is amazing, and that's because it was built with such purpose and by mm. such amazing designer. Why don't you tell everyone a little bit about this building and, and the creation of it? Well, I'm very happy to share the story of the, of the building of the current Albert County Courthouse. This is um, a re replacement for the original courthouse that was built in 1845, and it burnt in a fire. The fire, uh, now, you know, at the time, and we still are worried about fire, but at the time, you know, there was quite, quite a few fires. Buildings went up, everything was made of wood, so they were, um, the, the fire started over in Memram Cook, and it actually went down the river towards Riverview. It was so intense that it jumped the river, worked its way back here, burnt this building, and then extinguished itself. This was the last building burnt. You're kidding. I'm not kidding. It, then the fire went out, I guess, you know, the rains, the heavens <laughs> opened up and the rain came down, what have you, but this was the last building burnt in that fire. Wow. So they, they deliberated about replacing it, and, and um, at the time, they went back and forth about replacing it, and, and it was the cost, of course, of doing it. But they did finally, as a council, uh, was a uh, Shire Town Council here, Albert County Council, approved the $4,495 $4, to rebuild this building. Um, and now there was a, a skilled architect living in the area. His name is Watson Reed, and he, con he contributed his time to designing this building, which is much more beautiful and much more opulent than the original courthouse. There, we actually have the, the original drawings from the courthouse here. You can have a look at them. And then the, the drawings from Watson Reed. Um, and he was part of the famous Reed Brother Architects. Uh, if you've ever been to San Francisco, which I've had the pleasure of being many times. It's one of my favorite cities. Uh, you can see there's a very unique architectural style in San Francisco. Those are the Reed brothers. They built the first Fairmont Hotel in San Francisco and many, many other of the uh, government buildings. They built uh, buildings in Sacramento, the capital of, of California. They, were, they actually had a very, very successful architect firm and they built the Hotel Del Coronado. So the next time you w watch Some Like It Hot, which is a funny, funny film. Uh, that hotel plays a role in that, in that movie. And um, so Watson Reed left San Francisco, moved back here because he wanted to be home and be with the love of his life. And they married, they, they lived in Harvey, which is where they're from. And he built several buildings through here. The, uh, 
uh, Riverside uh, Albert Consolidated School. Um, he built also the um, um, man. There's a hotel that he built um, here on site. Uh, I forget the name of it, but anyway, um, and he also built this building. So you can see the beautiful architectural style. Everything in here is original to the building, except the chandelier, which was put in a few years after. The tin ceiling because it's it's of the time. It's mm -hmm. very, it is of the time. It came from a church. Uh, came from a church and was was put in here. Uh, you can see the beautiful tin that's mm -hmm. here, and it actually serves a practical purpose. The tin is beautiful, but it's also an insulator, and it would help keep keep the heat in in the winter because it's ran year round and uh, and also keep keep the heat out of here in the summer and uh, there's another building here that has the tin as well so um, but it's a gorgeous building uh, of course it's not used for a courthouse anymore it was decommissioned by the province uh, in the early 60s uh, when the, the actual the capital of Albert County ceased to be um, because of provincial legislation. So bit by bit, building by building, it was handed over to the Albert County Historical Society, which was formed in 1957. And uh, we were grateful to, to have that society in place when these buildings were being decommissioned, and we've been looking after them since 1962, when we opened as a museum. So the Shire Town was still in existence until 1966, but there was a succession plan for all of the buildings, and our, our uh, society is a nonprofit. That's who I work for, and so we're caretakers of these buildings, and we operate as a museum uh, today. Uh, so we welcome the visiting public. We are also very excited about having local people coming in here, um, learning about the history, learning about how the important history of this area, and the and the real leaders, uh, the worldwide leaders, in fact. Uh, that came from Albert County and came from New Brunswick in this area. Uh, this courthouse now is primarily used as an entertainment venue. And we do weddings here and le guest lectures. In fact, John LaRue is coming here this summer, August 21st. Uh, he's a, an architect and he's a historian and he's an expert on the Reed Brothers. And John LaRue is going to come and do a presentation called From Harvey to Hollywood. I know where you'll be. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking yeah. about my I think it's, and John I, I is an I'm excellent presenter. <laughs> John is an excellent presenter, and um, he's going to do a great job. And it'll be a slideshow of their famous buildings and and sharing their history. And and um, so we're you know we're we're excited to be able to share this this building and the others of the eight the eight buildings we have here with the public. And uh, love showing kids around. Very good place for families here. Uh, but I'm doing a little bit of a segue into the rest of the museum, <laughs> yeah. so uh, any questions about this building? It yes. was, just so you know, at the time, there's two fireplaces in here. I noticed that. And that's what kept this building warm, yeah. and, uh, originally. Um, and Everything about the design is just so incredible. The, there's the two fireplaces, yeah. the, where the public would sit is slowly on risers, That's right. which is not something that would have been common in a lot of places, well, in a lot of buildings. because it was a courthouse, Watson Reed considered that every, everybody in here needed to see what was going on, and everyone in here needed to hear what was going on. There were no microphones. PA systems didn't exist. Mm -hmm. So when I'm speaking, and even if I'm whispering, you can hear me as I'm giving a statement or what have you. And, and in the upstairs area, there is a balcony here. Um, if you've ever watched the movie To Kill a Mockingbird, you'll see that that was a segregated courthouse. Well, so was this one. It was segregated in such a way that women could only be in the top area. Wow. Women at the time, and, and it never got desegregated. So the entire time that the courthouse existed, women had to sit, you know, if they dared uh, <laughs> watch the affairs of men, 
<laughs> would have to sit upstairs. And if they had to come down here for a giving a testimony, that of course only men were uh, in the jury, um, they had to be escorted by a male, even if that male was their son. So, when I tell that to school groups and there's girls in the, in the school groups, they go, no way. Yeah, I don't believe it could ever have been like that. So, yeah. um, but that's an important story to tell mm -hmm. because it's also the, the progress, our history and progress go hand in hand. And uh, so sharing that story to, to say, you know, we had, to, we had to work hard. So once women got the vote, so all the suffragists that, that worked hard to get us the vote, that started changing those regulations and changing those policies. And um, you know, now we, we can appreciate the fact that we've, we've changed a lot, which, a is, lot. which is great, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about, before we move on, I wanna know what are some of the most amazing court cases that came through this room? Two of the more famous court cases. So m most of the court cases that were here were to do with business. Right. Just, you know, land ownership disputes, business titles, copyrights, that sort of thing. Because this, this entire region, just so you know, at Confederation in 1867, this was one of the more prosperous areas in Canada. We had industry, we were shipbuilders, um, there was forestry, mining, very successful mining. One of the more famous court cases that was held in here was to do with Albertite. Um, as you come down here, you drive by Albert Mines Road. Well, there actually was a mine there. It operated um, for over 100 years, and they were mining a product called Albertite. It was a coal-like substance. It wasn't coal, but it was a coal-like substance that was used to create kerosene. Uh, Abraham Gessner is a scientist from Nova Scotia. He actually discovered, he was a geologist, and he discovered the Albertite mine and uh, was successfully mining it, and he wanted to copyright, he wanted to um, incorporate the, the Albertite as its own substance, and there was a court case in here um, disputing whether it was coal or Albertite, and if it was coal, he, he would not have the mineral rights to it, and unfortunately, he lost that court case. And he continued on in his life and did, did amazing things, but kerosene, just so you know, he invented kerosene, first ever fossil fuel ever created on planet Earth, in, created the petroleum industry that exists today, which just ch changed so much about how we live our lives. It started right here in Albert County. That story started right here with Gessner, and he lost that court case. He, he by rights, should have been a, a multimillionaire, and he, he wasn't. He, like I said, he continued on in his life, but uh, he did not get the credit he deserved. For, for that. That product was shipped to Boston, the Albertite. It, some of it was refined here. Uh, this is an oil and gas area, which it still is, um, but most of it went as a raw export to Boston. It was refined in Boston, and they used, um, it lit up lamps uh, all along the eastern seaboard down into New York City. So those oil lamps, which were originally lit by uh, whale oil, Whales were being hunted to extinction at the time for their oil, and once kerosene was in invented and created, it was an easier, more readable, cheaper um, a way Friendly to get. Way. <laughs> well, they, they, they didn't really consider the whales at the time yeah. as being what they are today, which is a, a precious species on, on our planet that we share this planet with. But at the time, it was a resource, and um, the kerosene uh, changed that. Uh, you know. F for the better for the whales, yeah. um, <laughs> indeed. Um, so that Gessner trial was an important one. Uh, certainly the more notorious trial would be the Tom Collins murder trial. That happened in 1906. Uh, he was accused of murder, axe murder. So it's, it's one of the more famous 
um, murder trial mystery uh, um, in New Brunswick. Uh, in, in fact, in all of Canada, because it changed Canadian law after. Uh, Collins was accused of murdering Marianne McCauley. She was um, uh, working for her cousin, uh, who was a minister, a, a, pri a priest, and uh, she was uh, in New Ireland, which really no longer exists now, and um, uh, she was a caretaker for, for her cousin. And um, Tom was hired as a, um, an employee a help, to help, you know, chop wood and, do, and saddle horses and do all of that. He wasn't very good at it. Um, and I think Marianne nagged him sufficiently to, um, you know, he, she died by axe. Okay, so, and he, he was the only one around. So, um, he, but he, it was, he took off, he ended up uh, being arrested. Uh, put into the jail cells here at the Albert County, Albert County uh, Jail, and he actually spent the rest of his days here. Uh, he was put on trial three times. The first trial was uh, overturned because of judges' in, in, inference, interference. He was found guilty, but then it was determined to be a mistrial because the judge told the jury to find him guilty. I don't <laughs> think judges are supposed to do that. No. No. Um, and then the second trial was, was a hung jury. Um, it, because he, uh, seven found him guilty, five found him not guilty, and then the third trial, he was convicted. Um, at the time, it was the event to be at. I mean, this, people came from all over the province. Uh, Pr uh, Premier Tweedy, who was Premier of New Brunswick at the time, took a leave of absence from his job so he could be the prosecutor at the trial. That's how much attention there was on it, so he used it as a bit of a political ploy. I bet you that press box was pretty full. The we press box was press full. Box. There was yeah. also a sheriff here that would have had a gun uh, on Collins should he decide to run. I don't know where he'd go. Anyway, he was um, found guilty. He was hung here. Uh, they built gallows and hung him here. And he was buried here for 50 years until the uh, county, the Shire town, was decommissioned. Um, in the, the mid-1960s in the province of New Brunswick, moved his body, they interned him and moved him down to the um, Hopewell Hill uh, graveyard. And he, he's, the, he's there, buried there still. And on his grave marker, he said, here, here lies the body of the murder, murderer uh, who murdered Mary Ann McCauley. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So who decided that was on his stone? <laughs> like the province? Uh, somebody somebody huh. said, put, this is what it's going to say. I guess they just wanted it to be known that he was found guilty. And, and the first you know, judge. There's, <laughs> there's many people who still believe he was innocent. There was so many so, like, weird, strange, it was all circumstantial evidence. He did strange behavior after. I, you know, they found him heading towards St. Stephen's. Um, but it took him several days to put his plan together. Like if he was running from the cops, he didn't do a very good job. He <laughs> ran around Albert County for a few days, yeah. ended up in Elgin, hung out there for a while. I know he stayed overnight, you know, it's just like, you know, I, so I don't think he really had a plan <laughs> in <No>. place. <laughs> and anyway, he was caught and, and hung here. Uh, we have an excellent book called The Rectory Murder. Um, it's very well written. We have it, of course, for sale. I was just going to ask, do you have that one for sale? <laughs> we do we have it for sale. That one's been on my list. So we have a gift shop and oh, bookstore yeah? yeah. here. We have a gift shop and bookstore. And we sell a lot of books on uh, local folklore and, and the local history of the area. Of course, the R.B. Bennett story and, and such. So uh, the Rectory Murder is a very popular one. It, it paints a picture of what life was like at the time here. 
So it's not just focusing on the murder, but it's what the county was like, you know, the hard scrabble life that people had here. And Collins came over from England with nothing, you know, um, so, and, and many people did arrive with, with a, a suitcase and a dream and you know, try and make it work. And so early days of Albert County, the, so it paints a really interesting picture and then it, it layers the, the, the crime and the, and the court case on top of that. And uh, of course this courthouse is one of the stars of the show of that, so. Well, because it would have been fairly new at the time. Very right? new, This, this yeah. was built in 1904, 19, right? Yeah, this was built in, opened Finished. in 1904 yeah. and, the, and the court case started in 1906, 06. concluded in 1907. Uh, so it was a chance for people to come and see this mm -hmm. building and, and um, we have a photo, it's winter time too, January when the tr first trial went on, it's full to capacity in here and there must be a thousand people outside trying to get in. Oh my gosh. Uh, that's a really great photo. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so, um, you know, and many people from the area, I'm sure my, my mom and dad would have heard about that court case and, you know, I mean, it was, it, it's a really a famous trial. Now, it, because he was tried three times for the same crime, after that, uh, the Supreme Court of Canada heard the, the double jeopardy law ruling um, and they actually overturned Canadian law to uh, in introduce the double jeopardy law. If a person is tried twice for the same crime, they cannot be tried a third time. So that Olin's trial, mm -hmm. he cannot be tried for that crime ever again. He could be tried for another one. It looks like he's going to be, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, but that double jeopardy law is in place. So he was tried twice for the, 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 um, the murder of his father. And because he was not, they were not able to convict him in those two tries, he will not be tried a third time. Right. right. So, so the, one of the last people in Canada then that would have been was Tom Collins. That is correct. He was the last really? person That's... in Canada who, you know, sh there should not have been a third court case if they couldn't convict him after the first two because that's harassment. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a sad chapter of history, um, you know, and, and Marianne, besides nagging Collins, really did nothing wrong. No. I mean, she just, you know, but um, he had an axe in his hand and he was mad at her. So, but again, there are many people who think he was not guilty. So right. I want to keep that intrigue alive. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> I need to buy the book. Guilty or yeah. not guilty. He yeah. also yeah. has something else to his name, too. Is it the only hanging here or the last hanging here? He was one of the last executions in in Albert County, okay. the last, yeah, if not the last person executed in Albert County. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I mean, he did do some big things, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> We're still talking about him. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. and you can keep talking about him because his ghost is still yeah. here. Um, <laughs> you know, we have, we have a paranormal team that, that have been coming around for a while and they find all sorts of stuff here, but they definitely believe that Collins is still here. Um, in fact, they encouraged me to put books on farming he, he was a reader. Is he bored? Okay. He, he was a reader. And, and when people, a lot of people had pity on him. And when women from the county would come and bring him food and he, had, he made friends, all the women he called mother, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. um, so he had a lot of people compassionate for him. And, and a lot of people were very upset that he was hung, actually. It was, a, it was a big controversy at the time, but he would ask for books. And when the ghost hunters, when the ghost hunters were here, they said he, he especially wants books on farming. So if you have a chance, do him a favor. Have you? I did. There's okay. a There's, I found a book on fox farming. Oh, oh how, how apt. So fox <laughs> farming County. was a big industry here. It, it really was. And um, in fact, Don McLean, who's our president of our board, said that people would, would have foxes um, to raise enough money to send their kids to university. Wow. 
that was their plan, their, their college plan for their kids was to, to be able to afford their university was to raise foxes and have a little side business. Wow. I love that there was such a strong respect for education and such a tradition mm -hmm. around that in this area oh, yes. as well, which I think today people might not realize as much. I think people, you know, they've heard the ghost stories, they've heard about Tom Collins, yes. mm -hmm. but you know, I, I can see, I'm looking at a picture of Parkin over there, and I think people, you know, don't realize the impact that so many people in this area had, and, and what a strong, strong educational background so many people from here have. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the c commitment to learning, I mean, I'm a believer in lifelong learning, but we've got, we've got three wonderful universities in this province, and the colleges that are here are, are really well respected. Um, I'm able to employ some young people who all have ambitions and, and they're going to universities here, they're learning. Uh, now, one of the greatest scholars from this area was R.B. Bennett. He was a real believer. His family, the, the Bennett family, they were, he was, his father was a shipbuilder, um, but his family all believed strongly in education and he was a, a learned man and a scholar his whole life. Um, he uh, ended up going to uh, Dalhousie University and getting a law degree, but he, he believed that you could succeed as much as you p could possibly want to as long as you were learning, as long as you, you gained the skills, and so he, he really uh, fostered that spirit. In fact, we opened a public library here in 1935 when R.B. Bennett was at the end of his term as Prime Minister. He donated the money to the community to build that building. His brother uh, Ronald was here, and doing a lot of really great community building here. Uh, he was, he's a story on his own, actually, Ronald Bennett is, but uh, uh, he asked his brother to contribute, and he did. So he wrote a check, and, and that's what they used to build the, the library here. So the fact that it was a, a public library had, had Bennett committed to, to supporting it. So, um, yeah, we, and, and I think like, the New Brunswick's Teachers Federation was started here in Albert County. Um, the, uh, of course, the Riverside Consolidated School that's here is one of the oldest, lo longest running um, uh, elementary schools in, uh, in New Brunswick. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Incredible. We are running out of time. We haven't even oh. talked about what else people can see here. We knew this was going to happen because there's so much. So you have to come yourself and learn all about it. But so Janet, quickly, what else is on site that people can see? So the Albert County Museum is on six acres. Uh, it's got uh, eight different buildings and 24 different exhibits. Our entire museum is bilingual, as are our staff, uh, mo most of us anyway. Um, and um, there's uh, the, the history, the whole history of the region. Uh, there's uh, uh, information on farming and the world, world, our history of World War One. We're very, very important uh, participants in World War One in terms of the victory, mm -hmm. uh, the 26th Battalion. So we're open every day uh, starting Saturday. Uh, we go right through to the end of September. Uh, so we're open seven days a week, 9.30 to 5.30. Excellent. So There's what do you so want to go see first? so much. <laughs> I, I, I haven't, this is my first time actually in this courthouse that I've dreamed about being in for ages because I'm fascinated by the stories here. And uh, we're going to check out the Courthouse, uh, the jail before we leave. Yeah, as absolutely. Well. I'm happy to open up the sure, buildings. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to make sure that I come back with the kids this summer. Yes. It, was, uh, it was on our list last summer and it didn't, uh, didn't come together, but it's going to this year because there's just, there's so much here. So I hope everyone comes. Uh, you guys also have the most incredible webpage. I yes. absolutely love, there's so much information on their website, which is albertcountymuseum.com. That easy. So check that out. You'll get all the information about when to come, 
where it's at, everything that you need to know, and so, so much history on that website. I love Thank it. you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Janet is very active on Facebook and Instagram as well. So both do anything you want to know, you're going to find it there. If not, come check out the library too. That's amazing. So thanks for watching and listening and for being a part of our show today. I'm hoping that there wasn't anything picked up in the background. We'll see. I hope there was. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure the judge is here and he doesn't like Tosh. Yeah, they're sitting right beside <laughs> us right here. So. Yeah. It's true. My technology <laughs> stopped working when I got here. Oh, mine didn't. <laughs> okay, Janet, thanks again. Thank well, you so Well, thank much. you for joining us today at the Albert County Courthouse and for your interest in what we're doing here. You've been great supporters, so thank you. Our pleasure. Thank you for listening to this episode. We are thrilled that you're listening. We hope you love it so much that you're going to hit the subscribe button. You're going to like, you're going to tell your friends and family. Don't forget to leave us that very important review as well. And you can find us on all social media platforms. Me as Tosh.WoodTaylor. And you can follow Pickle Planet Moncton on the website, Facebook, or Instagram. 